Turn it down, radio's coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom, outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Turn it down, radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole, cause what you see is real life. You're watching this world unfold, the truth beneath the lies. Rekindling what's been stole, the need to free one's mind. Uncover the truth exposed, so people see the light. Let's turn it down so we can know. It's simple, we just break it down a little bit so we can process all. Make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode. And it's beneficial, we can get this kind of frozen. Get the future generators want to start the whole thing. With the message demonstrated, we can start a post. Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers. Waking up the population, try to stop hypnosis. Welcome to Chan It Down Radio. I'm your host, Loomis. ChanItDownRadio.com is the website. Welcome. This is episode 140, COVID, Trails, and Consciousness. This is actually part 12 of the Real Skyfall series. What is the Real Skyfall series, you may ask? It's a mini-series within this show, and if you want to go to the Series of Shows page on the website, you can listen to the other 11 parts, but not all in order as far as episode to episode, because I come back to this topic and expand on it. This is about spraying, chemtrail spraying in our sky. This is the time we're linking it up with the COVID-19 epidemic, pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But first of all, I'm giving you an intro into who I am as a truth speaker. So for the first 25 minutes of this show, I'm going to be going into that and then going into the main topic. What's wrong with the world right now? Everyone's under extreme mind control. And Shannon Down Radio is here to help people break the mind control. So this is just one of the many subjects we cover here, but we want to help people to get out of the craziness and the madness to expand their mind and try to figure out what the hell's going on in this world today. So buckle your seatbelt, you're in for a ride. We're going to go deep today. Turn it down. Welcome to Chan It Down Radio. I'm your host, Loomis, 140 episodes now, and uh, hope you enjoy the sound of the new mic. Actually, it's not a new mic. It's an old mic from my radio days, but I just never really had the components to put it together with my setup. And for years, I've just been piecing together this radio show and probably giving you some fairly poor audio quality, especially on a few episodes. So I apologize for that. But at the same time, you know, I don't have a lot of money or a lot of time. So I hope that the information seeps through the episodes more than the sound quality and you get that from it. So anyway, uh, this is how the show will go from now on with a better mic, a better sound, except when I do the outdoor recordings, which um, I will be doing occasionally. But I thought this would be a kind of a good time to sort of reset the show not really reset but i feel that i'm going to try to get out into uh expanding my audience so i thought 
it's time for some of you new listeners to know who I am and how I became to be the true speaker that I am today. And if you want a complete breakdown of who I am, episode one, that's where you need to go. But I thought I would tell you this story in order to tie in what's going on with the 20 plus years that I've been awake and aware of what's going on with this crazy planet. Uh, a lot of people are now waking up due to the current events of COVID-19, uh, beginning to see through the lies. And this episode, it, it's not a reboot to the show, but certainly not a bad place to cut it. So um, I thought I'd just go start out with me, and we're going to go into some other subjects here, so don't worry. But um, so me, I, as a person, was never keen to jump into the reality of adulthood. I held on to dreams of doing something out of the norm that, that still affects me today. I might come across as someone who has something to say on the mic or on the air, but with people that judge me from the outside that actually know me in the quote-unquote real world, most people would view me as someone who never went down a system career path. And systemites, people that believe in the system, they just don't understand that. And, but that's because I saw these days that are happening now coming soon. I, you know, I, I knew it, you know, even, even just instinctively. And I always realized early on that you should live for your dreams rather than do the normal thing so you get everybody else to like you or something, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, being that I was an uh, underground hip-hop lyricist for many years, I wanted to take it to the level of doing shows on the road and selling my CDs. So I said, fuck the career. I don't care. I want to just do what my heart desires. And I was part of a group which in some ways moved me forward in ways of uh, practicing and getting things down better with the right constructive criticism, but in other ways held me back due to gathering a group of four MCs together and working around scheduling. And I always felt like I was on a lone path of my own, even though working with some of my best friends at the time, which I still have much love for, but people grow apart, life moves on. And at this time, I was on the west coast of the US mainland, but had moved there recently from my current location, which is here in Hawaii. And this was an ongoing thing for me, but I sort of, cut it into two parts, you could say. I, I decided that I wanted to start doing, taking this serious. So this was part one of my hip hop journey. And then I decided to move back to Hawaii. I tried the Big Island. Uh, you know, uh, just these were my drifter days where I just kind of thought, I'm just gonna catch whatever wave in life that sends me wherever, you know? Um, Things weren't going as good on, on the hip-hop front as I thought, and I just sort of decided to do this. So I uh, had no money, I, really. I hitchhiked everywhere on the Big Island, you know, which is, which is Hawaii Island. I live here on Oahu currently. But I got into adventures, and I worked as little as possible to actually enjoy life because I knew what people were doing was wrong. I knew that what people were focusing on was wrong and that people needed to do something different. I know I didn't want to be part of it. So anyway, 
I, I, um, the place I was staying at was, was with my friend and his girlfriend. And they had a room for rent that I, at the time, couldn't even afford, you know? I really went out on a limb and just decided to do this adventure. So I stayed on the couch, and this room became this revolving door. Uh, a, a few random people lived there, came and went. Some people didn't work out, you know? And I didn't plan to stay on the couch long. I was the third wheel, and that's never fun. It's never fun to, you know, hang out with a couple, and it just wasn't really my scene. But I, you know, I ended up staying a little longer than I probably should. And, but it served as a stepping stone, but I didn't really know what for. And in fact, I, I was at kind of one of the low points of my life. I, I, I was disappointed with kind of everything. But um, after a few randoms came and went, we had a guy come in that needed a room for two months. He was building a house on the island for his family. You know, we were, we were young, you know, uh, me and my friend and his girlfriend, we were young 20s, and this guy was late 40s maybe, possibly 50. I call him Sherman, just to not give away his name. He had worked a long career in the USDA. He was a high up. Uh, every day he would, he would give me little tidbits of, you know, what his life is like, and he would give me tidbits of what's really going on. You know, first it was something simple like food on how bad it all is, and I really took it in, you know, and he encouraged me to eat right and actually to eat, go on a raw diet, which, which I tried for a while, but that's really hard to do. Uh, but then one night, you know, I had nothing to do, and neither did he, you know, and uh, he, we just sat down, and he unloaded on me how the structure of the world really works. He went over his career on how he had brushings with the New World Order, and um, how farmers were forced to put hormones in their cows, and he was forced to be part of that agenda of forcing it. And he realized there was an agenda. And, you know, he had rubbed shoulders with people that were pushing it. And he taught me about how everything is compartmentalized, and that he got real high up into his agency to where other agencies were involved, so he could clearly see this. <clears throat> and he told me about everything geopolitical and the end game of these psychopaths that run our world. He told me about how the media is completely controlled, and that was, you know, in 1999. Now look, right? He told me that all of the high up people in our society belong to one dark occult or another, and they're part of a serious agenda. He told me when when Clinton, this is when Clinton, Bill Clinton was still president, that they want George W. Bush in, and he told me something big is going to happen when he gets in. And I'll come back to that because that's, that's important. But he told me about the uh, roundtable groups like the Council on Foreign Relations, the trilateral group, and <clears throat> all the many others. And, He'd, it, and it doesn't matter who you vote for, that, you know, whatever president that you have is just part of this controlled agenda. And, you know, I already kind of knew that or just instinctively knew that. But this all just started to make sense. And he even went into the ET and UFO phenomenon and how that ties in. And, you know, that was pretty mind-blowing, but I, I was accepting it a little bit, you know. But um, all this changed me forever. And even though at the time I didn't believe everything, I was just kind of like taking it in, but somehow it all makes sense. A lot of things just clicked for me. It was like, oh, yeah, I see how it is. So um, clues in my past have been kind of 
pointing this direction the whole time, and it's like, boom, oh, this actually makes sense. So this set me on my journey. This set my journey on a, on a new path as I begin to see more and more clear. I even met a, a few people hitchhiking that seemed to know a bit of this info just randomly. In fact, just, just people bringing it up in conversation, I'm like, wow, you know, all these people started coming to my life that actually knew some of this, not as much as Sherman, but they, they had little bits and pieces, and it was like, wow, this is, this is starting to get more interesting. So I knew I was on the right path. Um, remember, this is before 9-11. Before most people were aware of the quote-unquote Illuminati on, on a large scale, and, you know, no, there was no Internet memes back then, and this is before many websites or, or radio shows or podcasts didn't even exist. You know, all you had pretty much was Coast to Coast or Jeff Rents. But, um, yeah, uh, so this Sherman ended up, he ended up his, his house project, and, and that was that. I never saw him again. I, I, you know, I totally wish to this day I would have stayed in contact. I've never seen him again. But I, I guess I just figured he was a, just a part of my you know, people I meet along the way and didn't really need to keep in contact. But we'll fast forward about two years. I had moved back to the mainland U.S. to be part of the hip-hop collective. Things were steamrolling, and, and it looked like, well, hey, maybe this time for real it's going to happen, and I want to take my dreams further. I was just sort of drifting and, you know, still practicing my music, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't going that far. So 9-11 <clears throat> happened. And I started a new job that day. And so this is, again, on the U.S. mainland. And I, I started a new job that day. And I come home from work, and I watch hours of TV. I, I knew I was ingesting bullshit, but still confused in the swirl of, of events. Because 9-11 was such a huge thing, you know. That day was overwhelming, to, to say the, the least, you know. Then I remember Robert's words about when George W. Bush becomes president, which he became president just like forced in, you know, not that I had any stake in the outcome, but I just remember that. And um, something he's, you know, he's, I remember he actually said something big is going to happen. Just watch. And then it all made sense. So I turned the TV off and I scrolled around on AM radio and came across the Jeff Rinch show. I'd never heard of him, but, uh, you know, it just randomly started hearing people talk. I was like, huh, you know, this is, this is uh, sort of the same information that I heard Sherman talking about. And uh, the guest that he had on, it was making a lot of sense. It, it was, it, and, and so then um, it was all adding up correct. You know, things were just starting to dovetail. I'm like, oh, wow. And they were talking about, 9-11 and you know what had happened that day and the guest was actually Jim Mars but for some reason I got it confused with David Icke so I thought this guy is awesome I'm gonna order his book so I ordered David Icke's book Children of the Matrix and um, I actually didn't realize till years later it was actually Jim Mars but whatever so I, I read it and you know this is you know maybe a few months down the line, I read Children of the Matrix, and it was too much for me at the time. It, some of it seemed too unbelievable, but I, but I kept it all on the back burner because I knew some of it was right, and I was just like, 
kind of processing and a little confused about it. And I have to give credit to David Icke for helping to furnish my wake up. And he's done a good job with a lot of people giving the details, you know, and laying it out so anyone can understand it in a simple way. And I, I think that helped me a lot kind of clear some of the debris, you know. And some people don't like David Icke, but I really think those are usually people that don't think that the rabbit hole goes that deep and honestly probably just afraid. And and I know some people don't trust him. And well, I don't know what to say about that, but it helped me. And so, and it's part of my journey. And anyway, I became this sponge for this information as global events just started kind of piling up. You know, I, it, things kept unfolding. And all this while my eye is in the skies, which is partly about today's talk I'll get into a little later, because chemtrails were the first thing I knew about regarding this elite behind the scenes. I knew it was big. They were on, the, the, the chemtrails were like the most obvious signs of a global conspiracy that you can see with your own eyes. And I became this, this fountain of information with nowhere to put it. And what I realized over the course of this journey, at least in the first five years, is that you can overdose on this information by becoming so in engaged in or engrossed in it that you, you think that everything is a conspiracy. And it is to a degree, but you, you have to live normal life to an, to an extent. You can't just become a fanatic You'll, you'll lose everyone around you too quickly and you'll become, um, well, you'll, people won't want to be around you. You'll become someone they want to avoid because that's all you talk about. It's a hard time and it's part of the waking up process, you know, but you have to live normal life to an extent. You can't become a fanatic. You'll also lose everyone around you too quickly. So, so then I, um, a little fast forwarding, you know, I, maybe a year I had my first child and, um, you know, hooked up with a girl and, you know, that suddenly happened and, you know, that took my life in a 180 degree direction. But <clears throat> uh, I happened to be around some anarchists that lived in the neighborhoods and, and, and I became friends with them and, and these were green anarchists. And, uh, and it was really, it really became evident that the missing components to my understanding of the world is is government is the problem. It, almost all of our problems come from the culture of empire and how we live on this planet. And just to be clear, I, on this show, don't believe in politics. The, the left-right paradigm bullshit, is, it's a circus for the masses. And if you believe in it, then um, I don't know what to tell you, but keep listening to the show and unwind from that. It's so important. But people can come to chant it down radio for that refuge from the whole perspective of politics and bullshit. And that's what I always hope this radio show is. But getting back, you know, I, I don't join cult belief systems. I don't believe in government. And it's a good thing I met those anarchists. It's important. It's, a, it's an important hurdle to get over government. It's, it's important to get over, and it should be a requirement when waking up. Just like the conspiracy theorists, though, I also realized that you can do, you can OD on the anarchist info too. Because I found, as I hung out with more of these people, I found that these people in the movement, 
were angry and that they put their anger from their upbringings into their daily life. And a lot of these people, I realized, are rebelling from their Judeo-Christian upbringings, their nuclear family upbringings, and generally, not exclusively, people from upper-class families. So I grew up poor, and few around me had this rebellious attitude toward their families or upbringings, religions, and things like that. You know, more so, if it was rebellious, it was against the system itself, at least the parts of the system that... that us poor kids could grasp at, you know, not deep understandings, but the cops being corrupt and, and schools sucking and jobs, you know, making no money, that kind of thing. But the deep anger that some of these anarchy people carry is not going to bridge a gap to the common folks so they can relate to you. It takes steps for many to get to understand that you don't believe in government. To, it takes steps for many to, to understand those things. And so you, you have to have the common folk. You have to bring them through these steps. And I found that these anarchists, well, were just sort of uh, too far extreme and full of anger that it didn't quite work for me. But I took the good and I left the bad. So you can OD both on conspiracy and anarchist perspectives, but you can put them together, and you should. But also, don't get fanatical. Don't get staunch about it all. And that's my thing, is you just don't want to get totally fanatical. I get it that some people are heavily brainwashed and that it's near impossible to wake them up, but you can't ditch the common folk too much to where you can't relate to them anymore. So... Anyway, um, my journey after that, I, I, uh, so I, I moved along. I, I, kept, I just kept reading authors and becoming a stockpile of information for whatever reason. I don't know. I just kept sucking it up, you know. It just was feeding my soul in the way of just realizing that this crazy world is bullshit. And so all the while raising kids and working full-time jobs, sometimes two. So, you know, that was my life for many years. And then in 2008, I met an insider into the whole uh, chemtrail uh, thing that this was just a random thing too. Another insider, by synchronicity, you know, he heard that I knew about some of these things and, well, next thing you know, we're having a conversation in his, in his living room. And I've told that story before, too. Um, his name was Robert. But I feel that if, it, if I wasn't meant to share with the rest of the world, then I wouldn't have met two deep insiders. And I've, I've shared much of this already on the show. So if you're a, a, you know, a long-time listener, then, then you know me. But it's just some review in case you forgot. And I don't like to repeat myself. But anyway, I, you know, after all that, all that information... I felt like I needed to start a radio show of my own. And I've long been a listener to podcasts since like uh, 2009. And, you know, I found some voices out there that I liked finally. And, and, and so I was like, well, you know, what? I should do that. And I was used to speaking to an audience as a, an ex-hip-hop performer. So I figured this was my next step. So in 2013, that's when I started this show. So now seven years, um, as in June of 2020, uh, Channel Down Radio has been around. So this journey of truth, has, 
has led me to a good, if anything, what it's done is it's led me to a good vantage spot to where I can look at the world as a fish out of water or as an alien visiting Earth. Because I know I, I never belonged to it anyway. I never felt like I belonged to it. And that's a healthy way to come into it. So to be not held down by belief systems, preconceived biases and narratives out there. You can just come in and be foreign to it all, knowing truth. And I, I see all these people protesting these days and all these narratives being pushed out there. And I don't really agree with anyone. You know, I, nearly everyone is wrong. And it sucks, but they just haven't been led down the right path of completely chanting it down. And that's what this show's about. And because people don't take the individual journey, and I think this is really important, if you don't take the individual journey to find truth for yourself, instead of they join groups and they, they um, you know, agree with things they see on social media, but they don't investigate for themselves. I get that people are busy, but we have to. And the individual truth journey will refine you and bring you out as a new human being. It really will. And it's important that people do that and not just follow. I mean, see the episode I had uh, 115, Cults, Camps, and Clicks. And that one will go over, you know, why not to join belief systems, cults, and things like that. You know? But, but so much to be... Uh, there's so much I would like to say, you know, and I, I have kind of trickled in here and there about living and following your dreams. There's so much to, to be said about it. And it's, it's, it is so much more of a fulfilling life than living up to others' expectations. So, yeah, maybe I don't have much to show for my hip-hop career that I, I had. You know, it was, a, it was an almost career. It was like, well, uh, we had all these things lined up. Oh, I had kids. So yeah, if you want a real journey, have kids unexpectedly like I did, that's always uh, another journey. But um, being that I did that and I had an almost hip-hop career, today doesn't, doesn't, is not a negative. It's just, it's a, in fact, you know, it, the underground hip-hop scene is an ego fest. And to get out of it was really a blessing in disguise. What I have to show for it may not be a lot, but I do have an album it, uh, called People Beyond is the group and Waking the Systemites, and you can order it here on ChantItDownRadio.com. Uh, go to the support page. If you write, write me, because it's a CD, and I know that CDs have gone out, uh, they've become obscure and everything or obsolete, but, you know, uh, write me at PeopleBeyondThis at gmail.com, and, you know, I'll sell it to you for a couple of dollars if uh, shipping's paid for as well, just to make a little tiny bit of money and give you a piece of that too. So uh, that's something that you can do if you are interested in that side of my life. Uh, but most importantly, what the whole message of this talk today, this first half of the talk, is the solo journey is so important, the truth journey, the it makes life so much more interesting when you don't follow the system's path and you follow your heart and let that let life be provided to you through blessings and synchronicities because you'll become a much stronger person and find the real right realizations that you need so that's just um concludes the beginning talk here 
about you know my journey and uh, we'll get into the main subjects here. Well, um, I apologize about the fan noise in the background, but it's 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 summer in Hawaii and it's humid today and hot enough that if I don't have it, I'm just going to become a sweat bucket sitting here. But anyway, uh, COVID, chemtrails, and consciousness. This is my talk today. So I, I went on a road trip this summer. Uh, I traveled during the COVID lockdown in June, and I took a trip to the deserts of the Southwest, actually returned there to see more. And I, I visited most of the mysterious sites that America has for ancient astronaut evidence. And that'll be a separate show uh, for my Beyond Earth series series of shows. If you um, go to the website, you can listen to what I have currently. But being a, a Hawaii resident for most of my life, always shocks me when I visit the mainland U.S. And what, what shocks me is, um, is the lack of respect people have for each other. Not everybody, but the general consensus out there. It, it's, it's kind of an eye-opener. Because um, if you don't live in it every day, then the culture of the mainland, you will see it in a different form, you know, as a foreigner would. Because I guess I'm kind of a foreigner coming from a place that's not really a state, it's occupied Hawaii, but that's a separate subject. I, I spent some time in L.A. on this road trip, and I experienced a city with no heart. Well, I knew that, but yes, there are exceptions, there's good people there, like anywhere, there's good and bad people everywhere, but the general consensus is a culture of people with no heart and no trust, and I've, as I've been saying for years on this show, the United States has been rotting from the inside for a long time. I mean, you can see the junkies, the large swaths of dysfunctionals that just bottom feed off the system. There's that, and then there's the homeless, you know. But we have these things, too, in Hawaii. I mean, yeah, they're here, too, but it, it hasn't been as bad for long. It, it, it's, been wor- it's been bad over there for longer. And there's deeper levels of dysfunction in big and small towns. But this road trip was much needed. Definitely, after, after being unemployed and having a, a full house with little time to do radio and the many other creative attempts I try to do, what was the most of an eye-opener to me was looking at this country now months after this lockdown. You know, things, things have changed. I mean, in one sense, things look totally normal, so people are wearing masks, but so many people are scared. There's definitely a sense of uncertainty out there, and people are fed up. People are divided more than ever, and yet spending time out there, never did I come across one sick person. Now, I finally ran into people that know people that have had COVID, and now I know some people that know people that have had it, but what is it really? And that's what we're going to explore partly on this talk today. I mean, it certainly isn't an epidemic that, that has everyone sick. I went to four states, California, Arizona, Utah, and New Mexico, and uh, almost Colorado. And other than people wearing their masks, it's like nothing's really going on. It could just be normal life, you know? And everything looks good on the surface in, in most ways. But what sucks is that everyone is following the rules. Nobody seems to be speaking out much, at least in the right way. Yeah, you know, 
uh, yeah, people speaking out against police brutality, and it and that's always important, but it will never end till we in government. That's just the reality of that one. But I've never seen so much mind control effect it, it, in a total lockdown effect. I've never seen it like this. <clears throat> it's like 9-11 was the training wheels for people to carry, to go through and obey in crisis mode. But this is, this is next level shit. Of course, <clears throat> they've got everyone on survival mode by triggering the survival mechanism, you know, um, thinking that their life is in danger. And if you didn't know better, you could be caught in that too. I just can't believe how many people are willing to let their rights be taken away without a fight, you know, and the lack of critical thinking. We are dealing with major, major, full-spectrum mind control. And the only place that I ran into anyone that gave COVID any validity was on the Indian Reservation in Arizona. I talked with a native lady selling jewelry on the side of the road, and she said that her community is hit really hard by COVID. She said she doesn't understand how her community got it being so isolated. And she thinks that it, it, she said that actually she thinks it could be sprayed in her community. And I said, oh, well, you mean by chemtrails? And I was pointing up at the actual chemtrails that were in the air. And she acted like she had never really heard the term, and possibly she had. Maybe it's like just it didn't register or something. She said that there was an awful lot of jet traffic over them. And, of course, that day, I mean, it was being, being uh, pulverized by chemtrails, you know. And, and of course, the, <clears throat> um, that it, I, I explained it to her, and I, and, and I don't know if she got it, but... You know, of course, that, that would make sense. Uh, but I, I got video, and this will be the next truth-filled trajectory of my YouTube show. I'll do one on that. But this area of, of very few people near the Utah-Arizona border is just getting dumped on by spray. And it happens to be one of the worst hard-hit areas of COVID-19. So, so then I went down the thought that maybe COVID is actually being sprayed from the sky. And it made a lot of sense. And, and, and maybe they're targeting the Native American population. Why? Well, you know, the, the Navajo, the Hopi, the Anasazi, who are some of the last Native cultures that have this connection to their ancestors, who supposedly even came from the stars, um, you know, I, maybe they just want to rid of the people. I mean, it's, I wouldn't put it past the, the uh, elite to want to get rid of the, uh, get some rain out there, uh, get some rid of, of the indigenous people as they've done. I mean, if you look at the Native American reservations, you think the African Americans have it bad in the United States. Try the Native Americans. It's almost forgotten about. It's, it's worse. It's real bad. And at the time of this recording, I still really don't know if the natives are getting COVID-19 or are they just unhealthy and getting sick like anyone would in the conditions that they live in. Because I went to a store slash deli where the whole area gets their, their, their cooked meals, basically, and it was very unhealthy. You had, you know, uh, it, was, it was like, crappy burgers and fries, like cafeteria food you'd get from the school. You know, very unhealthy uh, soda, you know, that kind of stuff. 
And these communities, just like the Native Hawaiians, are unhealthy. They're riddled with diabetes and obesity and poor diet, riddled with alcohol abuse, meth. And so either these people are getting tested positive because the PSR tests are, are not even accurate in the first place, and they, and they have flu-like symptoms from these chemtrails, or they're actually getting a real thing called COVID-19. I think people are just highlighting these deaths as COVID-19 or highlighting people testing positive. I know that that's happening, but I'm not saying that it's not a real sickness. It is, at least in some areas, it, it, it seems. It, it's like they had to release it in certain areas, something real. So it's real enough to get everyone else believing, and I think that's what it is. But why also, um, you know, do they have to label... Do they, they have to label other causes of death as COVID-19 if they didn't need to make it, everybody believe it? They, they want people to believe it is what it is. And if it was completely real, then wouldn't, they wouldn't need to convince people of anything. And remember, Event 201, do you, do you think it's just a random coincidence? I mean, it's, it's, this, is all, this has all been put into place. So, of course, it's a pandemic. Yeah, I can't remember where I, I cut and pasted this from. It was a mainstream news article, and it just stood out to me. And sometimes I just do that and put it in my show notes here. But <clears throat> it said, in the past six months, we, we have contained so many world-changing, paradigm-shifting developments that it's, it's getting hard to believe we're not in a simulated a simulation that's running every possible scenario. And this was a this was a mainstream news article. It's hard for me to read this font in this. But yeah, so are we just this is the mainstream news. I don't know. That's why it stuck out to me. I was like, who's saying this? Are we just experiencing a live simulation experiment on the public? And that's kind of what it feels like. It kind of feels that way. I mean, all of a sudden everything just works out perfectly. They have the diagnostic test. Of course, we know that's bullshit. But so um, notice how confusing it is to get the right information on COVID-19. They do this on purpose. It's actually a technique called gaslighting. And here's a definition of gaslighting for you. It's an elaborate and insidious technique of deception and psychological manipulation usually practiced by a single deceiver or gaslighter on a single victim over an extended period. Of course, in this case, it's not a single victim, it's all of us. Its effect is to gradually undermine the victim's confidence in his own ability to distinguish truth from falsehood, right from wrong, or reality from appearance, thereby rendering him pathologically dependent on the gaslighter in his thinking or feelings. The gaslighter, in this case, being the controlled media. So, because everything is hard to get the right grasp on, you know, you get you get different info all over the place. You know, masks are not good. Masks are good. You know, all that stuff. You know, that's confusing and that's just mainstream stuff. But because the entire corporate mainstream media is owned and run by the CIA, they make it virtually impossible to know what's true, and you can't rely on anything coming from these sources. And notice that in some places, it's in some places and not in others. I mean, 
So, so what is it? Is it from 5G frequencies? Well, I was thinking that, and then, well, it, it, you know, um, there, it's in places where there is no 5G, especially on these Native American reservations. So it's come to me that it must be being sprayed. And it, it, and it could be quite a few things. It could be a regular flu bug that's being purposely misdiagnosed as the coronavirus. It could be another illness altogether that's being labeled as coronavirus. It could be a specially formulated chemtrail aerosol that's being tested. It could be also a combination of all three or four of those. And, it is, and it's possibly some kind of bioweapon, you know? The important thing to note, though, this is the important thing to note in all this mass hysteria and confusion, is that most of the world is not sick. There is less than a 99% mortality rate. So let's really look at this. This is, this is what we need to constantly come back to. People are, are reacting to what the media is putting out, but it's killing actually very few. And it's always people with other underlying conditions. And, and, if, and, it, and if that's the case, it's someone with cancer, stage 4 cancer, that dies, but they happen to have corona. Well, that's the thing. Um, even mean, mainstream media admits that, too. Here's, here's something I, I pulled from them. While the, I think this was CNN. <clears throat> While the World Health Organization has said to the global fatality... Sorry, let me go over it. While the World Health Organization has said the global fatality rate is likely less than 1%, the WHO also said about 20% of all people who are diagnosed with coronavirus are sick enough to need oxygen or hospital care. So what is this thing? And if, if most of the world is not sick... Why this reaction? Why this response to a virus that kills less than 1% of the people that has it? Do you find it interesting that the same organization, the Johns Hopkins University, is behind the, which was behind the simulation with Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum, is keeping numbers? And, you know, and then here's another thing. Why are the indigenous in Brazil supposedly getting it bad too? Supposedly that... The people in the Amazon are getting COVID-19. And uh, this article I saw has them, has some tribal people with masks on paddling a boat in the Amazon. It looks, it looks like bullshit to me. But anyway, uh, here's a little something they say. They say data from the pandemic shows the indigenous Brazil, that indigenous Brazilians are getting sick and dying at higher rates than the general population. Most of Brazil's roughly 896,000 indigenous people live in the Amazon region, where the nearest hospital may be days away by boat and other and offer limited care. Indigenous Brazilians also have high rates of malnutrition, anemia, and obesity, risk factors for severe COVID-19. Well, if this is true, this article, which I'm, my bullshit meter is going off a bit on it, how did these isolated indigenous people get it, would have to be sprayed in. And so this is where chemtrails come in. And, 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 and then, it, of course, you look at what they say. They're talking about obesity. Then most likely these indigenous, if this is true, are, are not living the way they did and are more likely living with one foot in civilization, one foot out, eating some of the nasty foods that the system provides or alcohol or whatever. And the article really doesn't say but so spraying, we need to talk about the spraying here <clears throat> because 
I have this website. Um, there's a couple of them actually. Flight radar, and actually, what you can do is you can monitor the jets that are flying in any sky around the world or over you. And we looked at when we were on the road trip. We looked at what was currently overhead, and you know, the regular flights were listed. You could tap on it and tell you Delta Airlines going this way or whatever. And and um, then when we actually looked at what the chemtrail ones were. Some said blocked, and some said unavailable. Some flights obviously weren't regular flights because they, they, they turned or did funny angles. I mean, if you were on these flights, you, you would be like, what's going on here? Is, is, is there an emergency? Why, why are we turning like this? You know, th- that's, these are not regular flights. And on this show, in this particular series of shows, The Real Skyfall, which I'm going over here, I've, I've given you, with my knowledge and guests I've had, as much info about these programs as possible. So from here on, when we're talking about this, this is advanced level stuff now. You know, So if you're just beginning to wake up to this, best to go through the, some of the other episodes I've done and check out some of the YouTube videos on chemtrails to go, get the basics down. Because now we're going to go over some serious stuff that probably pushes people's minds to the limit that are not used to thinking about this. And it sounds like science fiction, which, it, which it, it's sometimes hard for me to wrap my head around, all right? But um, so, uh, on the, you know, I've, I uh, have brought a lot of people on the show to talk about this, and some of the best info out there is on this show about, about the chemtrail agenda, but we still don't know who flies these planes, if there's pilots, and where they come from. And all the purposes of these programs, we don't even know. We still have to theorize. But we do know it's completely real. And we still just don't know some of the simple answers. We, we do know from previous samples, in the very beginning especially, that there were pathogens found in some of the samples and uh, things like desecrated red blood cells. You know, why would those be in samples from coming out of the air? You know, so this has been ex- being experimented on and been tried many times. I got this from a website called the CRAS Files. Uh, it says, certain components in chemtrail aerosols trigger or encourage the development of the various influenzas. Every flu season sees a considerable escalation of chemtrailing, particularly in urban areas, in order to stampede the residents into the pen of vaccine compliance. And notice the uptick in flu vaccines since chemtrails went full scale back in the mid to late 90s. So that's just something too. But when first, when these programs first started to come out, early 2000s, late 90s, especially early 2000s is what I remember, everybody was getting sick. Many people were, and I got really sick. And I know that they are doing this. They are spraying this kind of stuff that makes you feel sick. So it's happening. Um, But think about this. So this would have been episode 105, back when I had 
Ilana Freeland, Max Egan, and Matt Landman on a show. All very highly read and researched people into the subject. And one of the greatest episodes I've done, and this was actually on the 5G, but putting this all together, it makes some sense. So have a listen. It doesn't end, and the nanotech, yeah, it seems like it's probably started in the early 90s, and now that we've all been saturated with it, they're looking for a means to, to turn it all on. Once you start looking at like how they can spin viruses into desiccated blood cells, and we're finding that in the, in the rainwater and all that, it gets really, really fascinating and interesting. So just to stick to the carbon fiber nanotech, you look at all this, I mean, you look at the airport scanners and things, all of these things break our DNA, and you've got to ask why. What is the purpose of breaking our DNA strand? Well, what would you do this for? And when you look at things like Morgellon, well, if they were going to introduce a new strand of DNA, and with the quantum computers and things that they're building now, these are all based on three-strand DNA. And, and so what's this all about? Well, if they were going to introduce a third strand into us, wouldn't they need to break our DNA in certain points? Points to create points for the third strand to bond onto. And is that possibly what Morgellons is, a third strand of DNA that's being introduced into our system? And because it's made of nanotech, is it not possible then for this to probably carry a, uh, a carrier wave to hook us up to the quantum computer or whatever they want to do for us? I mean, oh, there's, there's all sorts of possibilities where they could go with this, but there's no doubt that everybody has Morgellons fibres in their body. I mean, you can take saliva or blood or flesh from anybody and you can culture Morgellons virtually out of anybody in a Petri dish. And those that are distributing um, symptoms of Morgellons seem to be like those who are rejecting the fibres. But most of us aren't. Most of us are assimilating these fibres. So, you know, with this whole internet of things and what they're doing, I mean, there's so much more to it. When you look at the whole um, concept of social crediting and digital currency, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on radio... Well, uh, the way I look at it is that the 5G is is a linchpin, as you're all indicating, uh, in that um, it will be they'll be able to stack various uh, frequencies on the pulses uh, that's coming through the 5G that will be consi uh, consistent 24/7, and um, that those will resonate with uh, the nanobots that are already in our 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 bodies and our, our beyond our blood-brain barrier. This is this is a surefire way, and that's why I call it a linchpin in uh, in the book. Is this is a surefire way that they're going to be able to control whole swaths of the population? They'll do it through the IoT in everybody's house, uh, and uh, and. So yeah, um, I think that if you look at it, you know, it's very possible that. There is components that have been sprayed out into our systems for many years. You know, these, these, these operations have been happening for a long time. And then they are waiting for everybody to get fully inundated with these components to then push certain frequencies to get people sick, to get the in-game result that they want. And that's very possible. I mean, I've been seeing for years, saying for, I mean, you can see it too, that, that, they want you to get your flu shot, you know. Um, you'll, you'll see signs that get a free flu shot or the cashier at a store might actually have a prompt or something there they're supposed to tell you, have you got your flu shot this year? 
And so they want this toxic stuff in us. And some people are even saying that a variant of COVID-19 is already in all the vaccines that we get. And that might be true. I'm not really sure. I don't know. But if you look at everything in our environment, the food that we eat, junk food, heavily available. In fact, when I was on that road trip, everywhere you go, you got to make a decision, basically go, hmm, I guess I'll have to take the lesser of two evils, you know, and just eat something that's not the best for you, but just, you know, eat it and hope you're all right, you know. Um, I recommend I recommend that you just do a small prayer or something uh, to bless your food because, yeah, it's, it's uh, going to go in your body. But, yeah, so, you know, the food, junk food is readily available. That's all you can really get anywhere, right? And so, uh, plus the water we drink, fluoride in the water and other additives and chemicals and the air we breathe, these chemtrails, and just industrial toxins, pollutants. I mean, at every corner, there's something waiting to tear down your immune system. And vaccines are part of it. Well, think about how many years we've been getting sprayed. How much of the components we, that may already be inside of you. And the thing is, we can only theorize. We don't have all the answers, but we can try to get a pretty good idea of what's going on here. And we know that they are carrying out many programs and is dumping pathogens on the population possible? Is it feasible? Absolutely. Why not? When I was in a small town getting lunch, you know, a couple thousand people in this town, small town getting lunch, I watched them spray just the area above the small town. Nothing too far to the left, nothing too far to the right. They were purposely targeting this population. So yeah, it is true that it is used for weather control, the spraying, but also it's used purposely to spray populations. I, and it's clearly, you can clearly see that. And there's so much that can be affected by dumping chemicals on a population. You change the sea, you change the fish. And that's what's happening. And if one show to get a lot of info on chemtrails and stuff, it's this one right here. I mean, uh, I've had a lot of the biggest names out there that I trust anyway talking about it on this show. So I do recommend you listen to uh, the other episodes in this series of shows, The Real Skyfall. But... um. I myself have been pretty well educated, too, on the topic, running into an insider. So, you know, listen to some of those shows, and I, it, it's, it certainly is happening. I mean, you can just see it. And we have to look at frequencies that are being pumped out, whether it's 5G or just other frequencies. You can't see these things, but they're there, and absolutely they're there. And, and um, maybe what they have been spraying is mostly the end game to their plan you know maybe this is the end game all these years of you accumulating all these elements weather control is just one aspect and when when you get um when you go into the deeper aspects of these programs these these fibers they find growing in our bodies these morgellons and you know, um, they can do many things under a frequency the heart frequencies and, and your own electronics and so um, I'm going to link this video here by a YouTuber named Dana Ashley. Now, what, what she's talking about here is she happens to be talking to an insider, um, a geologist, who is involved in creating over 100 
many harp stations everywhere. And him and about 300 people decided to form a resistance against this. They, um, you know, they tried, tried to put a, a stop to harp and, and educate on the spraying. And him and many people around him got really sick, including their family members that weren't even related to this. So it's really interesting what he talks about. And the reason why I mention it is because the sickness, and this is in August of 2019, this video. So you got to think, this is before all this was known about, this COVID. Uh, these people's lungs would get filled up with fluid and they would die. No, he's not saying it's COVID-19 because it wasn't a thing yet. But if you link it to this and you put it all together, it's very interesting to know. And I, re I recommend listening to, to the YouTuber Dana Ashley anyway. I think she's a good YouTuber and I, I think that um, she has some really vital information on there. So, uh, you know, put that together. We are definitely, it, you can definitely relate to this, to these programs. Now, again, we got to take a few steps back and remember that, again, most people are not sick, but it doesn't mean they could not turn people sick and these programs could not do so. So we have to look at it all. It's just, um, and we have to think, you know, another way you can tell that this is a globalist agenda is if the solutions lead to more centralization of control. You know, they want that vaccine in you, too. So it's timely they let out this, this, this whole race relations war. They want to divide and distract everyone. They don't want people to start putting information together, obviously. While, while the controllers get busy behind the scenes making their plan, they got the magician, the mainstream media, distracting everyone and getting people because they know that that's a sensitive spot in the social fabric of the people the race relations in america and if they can you know they can easily do that i mean the 1992 la riots the baltimore riots the ferguson uh uprising and you know all these things they they know it's a soft spot that they can trigger so right now why not that's what they're thinking. So we have to really look above all this. And, uh, you know, let's, let's connect this to the last 20 years. It's important to look at this period. So the reason why I, I went over my story partly at the beginning of this show is because I want to also put this together as a big picture. You know, why are things so constantly trivial since around 1999? You know, were the 90s like this? Not really, no. You know, not nearly as, as full of fear events from 2000 up. And perhaps it was, you know, I, I look at it as maybe the creator's plan for me, myself, to wake up around the time of 1999 so I could have my full attention on this plan and see it because just just to put out this simple understanding that we are on a timeline and I've said this a lot of times on this show and to take to really take that big picture look because 1999 till now has had so many fear events that have have strung society along you, you you're being on a ride you know if you're old enough to remember or it you know um, and, and don't forget that the elite have the powers of God as far as weather weapons and earthquake weapons. So you have to even consider some of the things 
that have happened in the last 20 years, some of these Earth events as planned events. And, you know, we could be looking at a completely staged 21st century while people think that that's what's happening is, is normal. Could, you know, could every major event, starting with maybe, let's say, the Y2K fear or even the Oklahoma City bombings, if you go back that far, be, could, could it all be staged events? Very easily with the CIA-controlled media. This is the global drama. And now they have the world in it so heavily that it's hard to convince people that this is bullshit because people are actually getting sick with this COVID. So we're also, you know, having to um, really, you know, admit that there is some things going on. You know, most of it is bullshit. But yeah, we have to really look at this time period and go and you know, take a few steps back. That's what we always do on the shows. We take the big picture look because that's the healthiest look you can do. They want you caught in the little details of your everyday life and what's going on right now that you know it's the carrot and you're following it and you don't want to. So we want to wake up. And so my experience in the last 20 years of knowing this information and living with it has helped me to see that this is a, a manipulated time that we're in. And I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't. But one of the solutions is, the, is to, to act like you're an alien in the, on this planet, act like a fish out of water, and realize and feel like you don't belong to it. And when, you've, when you do that, you, you rise above it. Yes, the real solution is that everybody needs to wake up. Will they? I don't know. You know, um, I, I haven't had faith in humanity in years, but the elite are making big moves, big moves this year, huge moves to where they're actually showing their hand. And now that they're showing their hand, people, more, more people can wake up. So I hope that, you know, I do this show from my heart. I do it because I want people to, to learn, grow, and understand the times that we're in because... We don't want to be caught up so we can also help others be free. And what I, you know, what I can do feels small in the, in the big scheme of things. But if anyone can you know, take this information and really look at it, you know, we can turn the tables. Um, humanity can turn the tables. If people just stop ta- wearing their masks and go, wait, who's sick? What? Because there isn't very many people sick. But we do have to look at, you know, who is sick and what this whole thing is. So I think it's from the spring, guys. And I just wanna wanted to get this message out on this just to, you know, kind of update you. And um, I really don't want to talk about all this, to be honest. I don't really want to spend my time talking about current events. I kind of want to take your mind on a different journey. But this this is an important episode because of the times we're in. So I hope I can help, and I hope you can enjoy Channel Down Radio from here on out. I'm going to try to reach new platforms, and I'm not going to be super busy doing radio through the summer because I don't have a lot of quiet time in the small place that I live in because everybody's here. But this is a spot that I could do it in and just take it, take it when it comes and uh, look, go to the website, channitdownradio.com. If you can, help support the show or spread the word. And my 
YouTube channel is Truth Filled Trajectory. Chant it down radio. That's where you can um, see a couple videos. I'll be doing a new ones fairly soon. You know, like time isn't really on my side right now to get into these zones. But I just want to give you this episode and drop it for you. So uh, be a warrior, not a warrior. Chant it down, guys. <laughs>